Welcome to the business of inner peace. I'm so excited that you are here. Super excited for this next episode. It's actually episode 25. Oh my goodness, this feels like such a mile marker. I've been officially hosting a podcast for six months and I'm quickly approaching a thousand downloads. And I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you so much to all my friends and family and even strangers that have quickly become friends. Your support has meant the world to me. And I love knowing that you're out there listening and connecting and most importantly, gaining value. Really, truly getting to be here each week and share my thoughts with you and share the stories of others with you. It's literally the best gig. I love it so, so much. And I really appreciate your support. So if you've been loving it too, please write me a review and give me a rating. It means so much to me and it helps this podcast become more visible. And listen, if you've been struggling in your marriage and you are just unhappy and you don't know what to do, I want to tell you that there is hope and I would love to connect with you in person and have a conversation and we can make a plan for you. And it's a simple phone call. If you don't like the plan, you just say, no, thanks, Aaron. I don't want to implement the plan. But if you do like the plan and you see value in it, I will help you move forward. So book a call with me at erinjeanbooking.com. That's E-R-I-N-J-E-A-N booking.com. Welcome to the business of inner peace. I'm your host, Erin Jean, and I'm so glad you're here. Let's pretend we're sitting in my living room enjoying a cup of coffee or tea and getting to know each other just a little better. That's what I love. I love getting to hear your story. I love feeling connected by the spirit of understanding that our stories bring. Today, I'm sharing some of my story, but I hope someday soon you'll be telling me yours. Listen, I know that you're feeling overwhelmed with life and nothing is exactly how you'd like it to be. Your marriage is not what you hoped for. Motherhood is harder than you imagined you've lost yourself somewhere in the mix of responsibilities. Well, if you're ready to bring some more peace and joy into your life, reconnect with God who made you and start living a life you love, then grab your cup of coffee or tea and let's dive into today's show. Yay! So there is something that's been heavy on my heart. The past month, And I honestly have been hesitant to share it. And I believe that my hesitancy is coming from my own codependency and my own subconscious programming. And therefore, I feel like it's coming up for a reason and it needs to be addressed. And being the great coach that I am, (laughs) I'm going to practice what I preach and teach and I'm going to do the work to face this and honestly reassure my nervous system and my inner child that I'm okay and I will survive the rewiring of my subconscious programming. Meaning I will be okay 
if I break a long-standing pattern. And if you've been listening to me for a while, you know that these patterns and programs from our subconscious are designed to keep us safe and alive. But often times they are not actually healthy behaviors and they stem from our unhealthy childhood. So I want to kind of break this down in chunks today so it's a little easier for you to conceptualize. So my family of origin, super unhealthy and dysfunctional, and I bet yours is too. (laughs) My mom, um, she energetically ruled the roost and she was in control of our family dynamics and often the way emotions felt in the family, even though outwardly it might not have appeared that way. Uh, My dad was an enabler and a people pleaser. Actually, my mom is a people pleaser too. (laughs) And this means that they modeled codependency for me perfectly. (laughs) All decisions that they made came from a place of deciding who would be pleased or displeased with the decision. I never heard them talk about what they wanted, like just because it's what they wanted. Rather, they often discussed who would disapprove if they did this or that, and they managed the disapproval, or they did something they didn't really want to do because they didn't want someone to be unhappy with them. And on top of all of that, my mom battled with depression, among other mental health issues. And as her child, I was never really sure what version of my mother I would encounter. It could be the super happy, fun one. It could be the depressed and sleeping on the couch one. Or it could be the angry, slamming cupboards one. And this dynamic had me always trying to earn her love and approval. And I really thought and felt like her mood was my fault and my responsibility. And I just want to offer you that reflection really quick as I'm touching on codependency. Oftentimes, uh, when you find that you are potentially codependent, stems from having to care for the emotions of someone in your family. So I want you to just think for a moment, in your childhood, was there a parent, a grandparent, an aunt, an uncle, maybe even a sibling or a cousin, you know, that you saw really often that you felt responsible for their emotional state, meaning If they were really angry or depressed, you felt like it was your job to help shift that. If so, there's a big chance that you've got like this codependency wired into your DNA. And it's something to be really aware of. And I'm just going to invite you to take a look at it and uh, work on it. So... I was always thinking, like I said, that her mood was my fault and that there was something that I could do or not do to change it. And ultimately, 
I felt rejected and unloved by her because obviously there was nothing that I could do or not do to ever fix this. And it obviously was not my fault. But as a child, I really did not understand that. And I spent much of my life looking for love in unhealthy friendships and unhealthy relationships, allowing others to treat me pretty poorly because I was so afraid of rejection. It's really easy now to let that fear of rejection rule my life and keep me from saying or doing things that are important to me. So this is just what I tell my clients and I'm telling myself, (laughs) big breath, hands over heart. I am affirming to myself that I am safe to stand in my truth, even if people reject me or disagree with me. I will survive. And I'm also going to intentionally show my brain evidence that I have survived rejection before. When my cousin rejected me, kicked me out of her life, didn't want anything to do with me anymore. I survived. I'm okay. In fact, I'm better than okay. I'm happy and joyful and I have peace. When one of my best friends stopped talking to me unexpectedly and our friendship dissolved, I survived. I'm okay. I still have lots of friends and healthy relationships. So another deep breath. And I want you to, I want to invite you rather to do the same, to really show your brain when you have done some hard things that you're not wanting to do and how you survived. It's a really important piece and beginning to rewire your subconscious programming. So that brings me to what I want to talk about. For lack of a better term, I am going to call it the American Christian Church. I grew up in a non-denominational church, but I know that this mentality that I want to talk about today exists in lots of Christian denominations So I just don't know what else to call it. And that's why I'm going to label this as the entire American Christian church. And I've noticed that we are heavily focused on saying what's wrong with everything and everyone. I have many memories of sitting in church and the pastor telling us why this religion or this denomination had it wrong and how they were going to hell, and why we were right. And this type of thinking, honestly, it really bothers me because it doesn't push anyone to do their own investigation. And it doesn't encourage questioning and reading God's word. And it certainly doesn't take into account the status of any one person's heart and their individual walk with God. As I recall, Jesus himself, he sought out prostitutes. 
He sought out tax collectors. He sought out lepers and basically outcasts of society. And with every interaction, he led with love. He built connection. He cared about the individual. And he ended the encounter with words like, go and sin no more, or your sins are forgiven, or your faith has made you well, or where are your condemners? Neither do I condemn you. There was no long speech about how they were evil, how they were doing Satan's work, or how they were going to burn in hell. In fact, those type of harsh words, he spoke to the religious people of the time, the people claiming to be pure and righteous and better than everyone else. Does this sound familiar? (laughs) And this is exactly what I have encountered in this American Christianity, this American Christian church. It's a blatant labeling of things that you do not understand, of people you do not understand as evil, as satanic, as going to hell. And my personal experience has been a blatant labeling of energy exercises, EFT, meditation, aromatherapy, yoga, hypnotherapy, and on and on the list goes as satanic, as part of the occult, and as straight-up evil, without investigation, without knowing the practitioner's heart, or knowing how or if they incorporate God's Word into all of this. In fact, this makes me think of a scene I encountered a while back at church, One of my friends had a really bum knee, and he was in a lot of pain, and he was hurting. Someone in his family actually recommended that he go to an energy practitioner because they had been greatly helped by the work of this energy practitioner. You've already heard me talk about how energy is real. And remember, if energy is real, then who made it? The creator of the universe, (laughs) God. Anyhow, the other guy that was in the conversation said, whoa, do you even know what uh, faith that practitioner has? Do you even know what they believe? And I just couldn't help but interject here because I said, wait a minute, when you go to a doctor or a nurse or a physical therapist that has been professionally trained in their modality, do you ever ask what they believe? Do you ever ask what their faith is? Why would you ask this about somebody who's been trained in a modality? I really struggle to understand this type of thinking. And I think it's coming from the fact that you just don't understand the modality. And Western medicine is much more widely accepted here in America and normalized, but Eastern medicine is not. And it doesn't mean that Western medicine is better, but 
it just means you need to go and do your homework and begin to understand what all of these things are about. I mean, acupuncture is amazing. Acupuncture essentially is tapping into these energy systems in the body and helping to bring about balance. I know so many people that have been helped by acupuncture. And again, it's like, does it matter what your acupuncturist believes? Does it matter what faith that they practice? If they've been licensed and trained to do acupuncture, does it really matter? Anyhow, <laughs> I'm totally getting off track. As you can see, I'm passionate about this subject, um, but I'm really trying to help you think through these things and bring some logic into these ideas. So basically what I'm trying to say is this kind of thinking, it, it just does not line up for me. These tools, they absolutely work. I have personally seen the fruit of these tools that not only they are working in my life, but I've seen them work in the lives of many others. And Jesus told us to judge a tree by its fruit. He also said, a house divided against itself cannot stand. That means that I can't be proclaiming to know, love, and worship Jesus with my whole heart, even sharing the gospel with others, while I simultaneously worship the devil. God's word tells us to renew our mind and to take every thought captive, but it does not tell us how. This, honestly, it's a gray area and it's open to many methods. The method that you use needs to be sifted through God's word. It needs to be prayed about. You need to be asking the Holy Spirit to intervene and give you knowledge. God promises promises us in his word that he will give us knowledge when we ask. And you need to know that the knowledge you receive, it's for you. Our walk with God, it's as individual as we are. God will lead you if you trust and ask and have faith. I believe honestly that Satan is actually using this type of mentality to keep Christians from true healing and peace and joy. God does not intend for us to live a miserable life. He really doesn't. He wants us to live a life full of joy and peace. And you can find verse after verse that tells you that. We don't look any different, honestly. We really don't look any different than a non-believer. In fact, I'm going to argue that we're worse because we're so busy judging everyone and making them feel unloved. We struggle with anxiety, stress, depression, illness, on and on. We look just like the world does. The Bible also tells us that our body is the temple of God, and therefore we are to care for it accordingly. But this area, it's another gray area. Because if you're taking prescription narcotics, if you are injecting yourself with unknown toxins by way of vaccines, if you're getting open heart surgery, if you're having liver transplants done, um, if you're getting any form of surgery, knee replacements, hip replacements, like, is that actually the right path? No one seems to be calling these practices evil, though I would argue that 
some of them are not actually the healthiest choice for our body. Um, eating healthy, using nature is a better path. Like how many of you out there are eating, you know, preservatives and chemicals and toxins? I mean, we live in a world that we're ha- under a heavy toxic load, a heavy toxic onslaught. Is you not caring about that actually taking care of your temple? I mean, it's a gray area, right? Because the fact remains like, I can't say what's best for your body, but I can say what's best for my body. And this is a place where I can seek out God and his wisdom about that. I don't feel like I have a right to look at your life and tell you, oh, you're taking prescription medication or you're eating food that's processed. So you're not following God's work because you're not taking care of your body. I honestly don't feel like that's my place. I feel like that's between you and God, and it's something that you have to work on. I mean, even Paul and it said at one point that it was okay for Christians to eat you know, any food, and it was okay for them to be uncircumcised because historically the Jewish people had a particular diet and they were circumcised to mark that they were following God. So I think that's evidence to say that God is judging our hearts. God is judging our faith, our relationship with him. So this episode is basically to say like, hey, all you Christians (laughs) claiming everything under the sun that you don't understand is from Satan. Can you pump the brakes? Like pump the brakes. Do your own research. Read the Bible. Pray about it. Make an individual decision and allow your brothers and sisters in Christ the same respect. I tell you the truth that I have never felt so unloved, so rejected, and so judged by a collective group as I have Christians. We've gotten all too good at this, spreading hate instead of love, even to our own brothers and sisters, and it makes my heart so sad. I hope that I've given you a lot to think about today. And I hope you've made some connections for yourself. I am sending so much love out to you. And I want you to know that I am a safe space. And I intend to remain that way. No matter who you are or what you do, I will always be open to connecting with you, to learning about you, and to help support you through what's going on in your life because you are made by the Most High God and you have so much worth and value. And that is why I say every episode, you are seen, you are known, and you are loved. I hope you have a blessed day, my friend. Come back 
and listen again soon. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you're feeling blessed by the content here, the number one way you can show me is by leaving me a written review of the show. I'd be forever grateful knowing that you're out there listening helps me know that I'm truly living out God's purpose in my life. The other thing you can do is take a screenshot of this episode, share it with a friend, or better yet, tag me on your Instagram stories. Remember, you are seen, known, and loved. May God richly bless you today. All my love, Erin Jean.